Welcome to the Lawyerist Podcast with Sam Glover and Aaron Street. Each week, Lawyerist brings you advice and interviews to help you build a more successful law practice in today's challenging and constantly changing legal market. And now, here are Sam and Aaron. I'm Sam Glover. And I'm Aaron Street, and this is episode 42 of the Lawyerist Podcast, where we talk with Jen Santini and Jane Sakura about how to find a partner for a new law practice. Please subscribe to the show in iTunes or using your favorite podcast app, or check in every week and listen at lawyerist.com slash podcast. If you enjoy our show, we would really appreciate it if you took a few seconds to give us a rating in iTunes. Take a minute to check out our practical and easy-to-use lawyering survival guides at lawyerist.com guides, or click on guides at the top of the site. You can use the coupon code podcast to get a 50% discount on your order. Just enter the word podcast into the checkout form. Today's podcast is sponsored by Ruby Receptionists. You are more productive when you aren't interrupted, and Ruby can help with that. Visit callruby.com lawyerist to give Ruby a chance to answer your phones. So, Aaron, today's topic comes from a listener, Dana Kruger, and she is setting up a solo law firm, and she says she has been devouring practice management blogs and podcasts, and she learned about Zapier, I think it's Zapier, and If This Then That, um, which are, maybe we should stop and talk about what they are, but let me finish with what her questions are. Um, Basically, they connect various things to each other, and she is worried about security in these apps. Um, so let's talk about what they are for a moment. Do you use If This Then That? Uh, I have. So to be honest, I've used both of them and stopped using them because I was a little worried about the security. Okay. Well, that's, that's so this good. is a relevant discussion. It is. And, and we actually use them at Lawyerist, and I, I use them for a couple of things. Um, so Zapier and If This Then That both do the same thing, really. Um, and what they do is they... Um, every every service that you use has an API for the most part. Um, Gmail, Clio, MyCase, uh, you know, Trello, um, whatever you might use. And what an API is is it allows other things to essentially knock on the knock on the service window and ask for information. Um, so if this then that, you can plug it into Gmail. And um, it'll ask you if you want to let if this then that access your Gmail, and then you can say, "Hey, Gmail, anytime you get a message from Aaron, um, do something with it." And you might want to send it into Clio, for example, or some you know, anything like that. And so basically, it just connects all those APIs to each other. So you can do amazing things with it. I have some very simple um, things set up in if this then that. For example, uh, every time I update. Uh, lawyerist, and it sees a new post from me, it sends that out to Twitter um, with a little tag that says, you know, this is a new post from me. Um, I I have it set to, I think every time I update my Facebook profile picture, it updates my Twitter profile picture. Um, and I do, uh, oh, I actually have it back up all my tweets to a, a spreadsheet in Google Docs. So you can do all kinds of neat things. Uh, Dana is asking about it specifically because Clio plugs into Zapier, and Zapier allows you to do things like um, take the information entered into a contact form on your website and populate that in a contact record in Clio. And so she's wondering about, is that a problem if I'm feeding my client or potential client information from my website through Zapier into Clio? 
um, what kind of security risks are there? Does it, do, does, do you think I made sense of all that? I think so. But then again, I've used them. So like API integrator is a thing I understand. And I'm pretty sure it's not a thing the real world understands. Yeah, I mean, it's it essentially, uh, and I was just reading up on this uh, in preparation for a podcast. And, um, you know, of course, anytime somebody talks about anything on this level, somebody goes, well, if you know a little JavaScript, you can just do it yourself. Um, and if this, that that's true, you can do all of the things that if this, then that and Zapier do yourself. If you know a little JavaScript um, and are good at security and have access to a, a server, um, et, et cetera. Um, Which is essentially course, no lawyers. Uh, it's a minuscule percentage of the population, period, right? Yeah. So um, so if this, then that, and Zapier um, are really simple, friendly ways to do this yourself. And they are really simple and really friendly. Yep, and they do cool stuff. Yeah, I mean, you can do like, any, if it's going to rain in my area, send me a text message. Yep. Um, if you have fancy lights in your house, you can um, you can use if this then that to um, you know turn the lights in your house on as soon as it gets dark and all kinds kinds of crazy stuff. So you can you can do all kinds of neat things. But um, Dana specifically wants to know. Um, she thinks they raised some red flags, and um, she's wondering about ethical concerns. And what did you so, find? Because I was worried about the same things. Uh, well, let me start with the thing that I always start with, which is go to what they say about themselves. Both Zapier and If This Then That have a privacy policy, and it explains the security that they use. And let me just sum it up by saying that if you use Dropbox or Clio or MyCase or um, Gmail or whatever, Zapier and If This Then That use effectively identical security. Um, there are obviously there's going to be little um, differences in implementation and all that kind of stuff, but they're using the same level of security that your bank uses, that Clio uses, that my case, all that stuff. So um, it is a different company to trust, though, obviously. Um, different company means different, potentially different attack vectors, different vulnerabilities. Well, it also means uh, an additional company to trust. Right? Yeah, so the, the more companies, the more the more targets, yep, basically. Yep. Um, so, but but the level of security, at least, is comparable to what the services that you're connecting it to. Um, both Zapier and If This Then That say they always use SSL to connect, um, you know, to connect th to your other services as long as it's available. Um, and it probably, it, it is for anything that needs to be secure. Um, it's probably well, way more secure than your website, um, which is probably worth pointing out that if you are accepting contact information from clients or potential clients on your website, um, it actually probably gets more secure when it hits Zapier or if this, then that, because um, most people are not security experts and constantly monitoring the security of their websites and very few lawyers' websites are even using HTTPS, although they ought to be. So, um, so it's probably better. And, and the, the other difference between something like your practice management software or your email and Zapier or if this, then that, is that both of them store information only for a very short period of time because all they're doing is transferring it. So um, I think I read uh, one of them stores it for about seven days just for troubleshooting purposes in case there's a problem. Um, that's Zapier. Um, I think if this, then that might not even do that much. So... Um, so it's not staying in the service long-term like it is with your other ones. So the answer is we should not fear the cloud? You sh Well, the answer is always that you should not fear the cloud. The answer is that you should be smart about the cloud because you are essentially saying to Zapier, if you connect it to Gmail, 
here, have my email. Yep. <laughs> so anyone who anyone who gets into your Zapier account can do creative things with those recipes to suck data out of your emails. Um, so it certainly is a risk. Um, I, but I'm it's not premised sure on someone getting into your account, which is a risk with your email account itself anyway. Yeah, and, and we're not talking, pro- for the most part, we're not talking about sort of bulk hacking, right? These people who are just trying to scrape information. Um, th- somebody would have to actually be targeting you specifically, um, which is a minority of the hacking that goes on. Um, that doesn't mean it won't happen, but uh, it doesn't seem like a huge concern to me. Um, if you're already using things like Clio and Dropbox, I don't think you should be overly concerned with If This Then That or um, Zapier. But it, it's the kind of thing where, and, and again, there, there are probably no major ethical concerns as long as you've done your due diligence, um, which means doing a little bit more work than just listening to us talking here today to satisfy yourself about them. Um, but I would say that uh, you don't need to be overly concerned with it, but this is a good time to reiterate that with all of the services you use, you should occasionally check and see what other things you've given permission to access those accounts. So um, while I was doing this reading, I thought, oh, it's been a while since I checked to see what I've given permission to, if this, then that, to access. And I realized that there's no reason for it to have access to Gmail because I'm not using any recipes for Gmail. And so I revoked permissions. And I think it's a good idea to go into your services like Facebook, Zapier, if this, then that, your Google account, and make sure that you have given permission only to the things you need to give permission to. So in summary, it's probably okay to trust if this then that and zapier but don't take our word for it there's a really popular saying in the security community which is trust but verify um right when somebody hands you a roll of dollar bills um even if it's from somebody you trust of course you still count the money um and that's the same with security um you know they're they're not trying companies that do business with you are not trying to hurt you um or they would not be in business for much longer but you should verify. You should read their data privacy policies. You should look it over for yourself, make sure you're comfortable with it, and then go ahead and use it. Don't fear it, um, and then don't use it any more than you need to. Unplug the services that you don't need to give it access to. Okay, I'll go turn them back on. (laughs) I think you can safely do that. So that said, now that we've uh, learned something about security, here's my conversation with Jen and Jane. Jane Sakura. I'm Jen Santini. And we are partners at Sakura and Santini, uh, where we do estate planning, estate administration, and business law. And we have been partners now for five and a half years. And we started right out of law school. We're both 2009 law school grads and um, started our firm. Uh, in Edina and subsequently moved to Minneapolis. About- Where we were upstairs, downstairs neighbors. Yes, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, and yeah, I've been in Minneapolis for the last three years, uh, happily. And um, I don't know. Yep. And it's just been the two of us the whole time. Um, we just hired our first part-time assistant, um, but we have a, a true partnership and, and that's what we're looking forward to talking to you about today. Very cool. So you've been in this for five and a half years. Um, and I think I think the statistic was that 90% of companies fail within the first five years. So uh, you're in the select 10% yes, yes. of successful small 
companies. So there you go. Yes. Yes. Did you throw up a big party at five years? We did, actually. <laughs> we did, actually. Uh, your downstairs neighbor, the Astro Cafe, hosted yep. it. Yeah. So, oh, very yeah. cool. So, yeah, I want to talk about how how you pick partners and how, um, why and, and the benefits and how you pick somebody. And it's my understanding that you guys didn't actually know each other before you partnered <laughs> up. Is that right? Essentially, we, um, I mean, to fast forward a little bit, but we met studying for the bar, you know, at the bar review course. Oh, really? Um, we both went to school out of state and then moved here. Um, Jane's originally from uh, the Twin Cities area, and I'm a transplant from the East Coast. And um, we met at Concordia University, where we sat one seat from each other every day studying for the bar. <laughs> and lo and behold, yes, fast forward several months, we did start the the practice. So we, we didn't know each other uh, we knew each other for less than a year when we started the, the right. firm. We had gone through the bar exam experience. At the time, uh, when we decided to partner up and, and start our firm, my thought was, well, Jen seems cool. <laughs> and like she made it through the bar exam and she wasn't too crazy. And that was a stressful experience. So if, if, she could be okay going through that. Like she'd probably be okay to work with. I mean, that was kind of my barometer. Um, looking back now, we realize how fortunate we mm-hmm. were that this didn't implode right from the get go. Yes. But um, yeah, it's, was it really just that? Like, eh, she seems all right. Let's go ahead and give it a try. Well, I mean, we neither of us ever thought about doing this. I think correct. on our own. I think that was also like again, twenty twenty hindsight. Um, it never occurred to me to do this as a solo. And so once Jen and I started talking about this possibility of starting something and finding our own clients, I don't think it ever occurred to either one of us that we wouldn't do it together, Correct. which is kind of odd, I guess, now to think about that it, it was just presumed that if we were going to do this, we would do it with one another. Sure. Or- yeah. And part of it is neither of us thought that this is what we would be doing, no. um, which I think, you know, a lot of people, 2008, 2009, 2010, and probably still to this day, <laughs> when they graduate, um, you know, did, if they end up in a, a solo small firm, I don't know if they necessarily knew ex- right away that that's exactly what they were going to do. And so when we realized that this did seem to be the best option for us at the time, as Jane said, I think it was, well, we can do this, but we're going to do it together and we're not going to do it on our own. So what were you trying to do then? Were you applying for jobs and not getting the jobs that you liked? or how Right. Did- yeah, there wasn't much out there in uh, 2009, yeah. 2010. Right. <laughs> it was uh, void wasteland. Yes. Uh, and so initially, once we both got licensed here in Minnesota, you know, we started our each our own job searches and Mm -hmm. there was just nothing at all, um, feasible. Right. Uh, I was gonna say, I don't even remember applying to a ton of places. And part of weren't many jobs to apply for. Yes. And then I was looking, I had worked, um, full-time while I was in law school and went at night out in Boston and I worked for an investment management firm and I wanted to stay in the securities regulations industry and, you know, of course, that was one that got hit really hard as well, <laughs> given everything. And so I just, it's, it's funny, I've never really thought about that, that I actually feel like I didn't necessarily apply to a ton, yeah. but I had lots of coffees and yeah. lots of meetings with people. Yes. Um, lots of networking. But it just was, you know, there just was not a lot of opportunities. Mm-hmm. So, so, we, so did you decide together that you wanted to start a firm and that maybe you'd want to do it with each other then? 
Yeah, what we had done was, um, and actually, Sam, you may have even spoke at this yes. conference, but it was a a two day conference um, at MinCLE, and it was in February, and that would have been 2010, and it was on how to start your own law firm. Mm-hmm. Two days of all these sessions about what you need to do, and the only reason that Jen and I went is because we were, since we were new lawyers, we got to go for free, mm-hmm. and we were, and it was two full days. And when you're looking for a job, looking for a job five days a week is exhausting, and sometimes you. <laughs> get bored after a while you needed something to do exactly we were like we'll go to the cle for two days we'll get to go downtown we'll have lunch out both days (laughs) and maybe do a happy hour like that was and we'll get some cle credit like that that was really the extent Mm -hmm. of what motivated us to go to the cle Uh, because we really didn't have it wasn't like an interest at that point to really start our own firm gotcha but over the course of the two days all of a sudden, I think for both of us, independently, mm-hmm. it started to sink in like, ooh, maybe we could yeah. do this. Like, this might actually be doable and we might have, you know, the right fortitude to be able to make this this work. And so that was the first time for, for both yeah. of us where we thought, okay, maybe we could do this and we'll do it together. And, but we won't make that formal decision for like another six months because we'll just keep looking for jobs. And we'll, of course, find a job within yeah, that six months. Yeah, it won't months actually and- <laughs> happen. We won't actually have to start our own firm. I, you know, it's funny. I had a timeline, too. Well, I, I, had, um, I had gotten terminated, uh, not uh, on purpose or by choice, but not by choice from yeah. the firm that I was yeah. at. And uh, uh, um, unemployment insurance lasts for six months. And so I gave myself three months of collecting unemployment insurance and applying for jobs. And I said, if I don't find one by that the end of three months, then I'll start my own. And Sure enough, three months later, I yeah. ended up starting my own firm. <laughs> well, and we, the same thing. I mean, I do think it was about six months out and we didn't last that long. Um, oh, we yeah. actually lasted about six weeks right. after oh. <laughs> like the initial epiphany yeah. happened. The big reason behind that was because I, I think for both Jen and I, you know, we just wanted control back yeah. in our lives instead of kind of being at the whim of this job search and what was going to happen. Are we going to get interviews? Is there any jobs out there mm-hmm. who's to meet with? And instead it was like, Let's just start our own firm so we have our mm-hmm. control back about what we're doing and how we are going to do it and kind of move forward from there. Yeah. So you said that you you didn't actually put a whole lot of thought into whether or not you wanted a partner, but now that you've had one for five and a half years, mm-hmm. um, both of you, uh, what? how do you think somebody else ought to make that decision? What What's it like having a partner that you don't think you get if you're a true solo and what do you think a true solo might be missing out on without having a partner? I mean, I think the first just what obvious um, component is just the fact that you have a friend yeah. through this. <clears throat> and, you know, I mean, when you do start a firm, um, especially if you're starting a firm, I mean, we not only started our firm, but it was also Basically, it was our first job out of law school. So it's not like we practiced law for a long time and knew what we were doing in that realm. Mm-hmm. You know, it was we were starting a business and figuring out how to run a business and also figuring out how to run, you know, how to practice law. Um, and so to have somebody to go through that with 
Um, and to have that camaraderie is great. And especially, um, you know, in some of the dark days and, and, you know, and then also to have somebody there to celebrate the, the milestones with you because even our friends and our family, they, they get it, but they don't really get it. Right. Um, what of all we've done. So, to, you know, I think, you know, just, um, sort of the most obvious is you've got a, you know, a friend mm-hmm. by your side. I um, think it would be so, um, Jen had a baby earlier this year, and so we we congratulations. made congratulations. Yes, <laughs> and we made it through maternity leave, both of us, respectfully. And uh, I guess what I learned while Jen was on maternity leave, like I I'm lonely. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know if I I know. I guess what I can confidently say is I do not want to do this by myself. I'm not I'm not geared to be a solo. I guess I I like having someone to talk with and. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, whether it's about the business itself, clients, networking, whatever the case may be, like, I, I'm glad to have Jen around to be able to chit chat with. And, you know, I don't, I don't think the, the isolation of being solo probably gets enough, um, press. Um, yeah. But, but yeah, working, working by yourself yes. is isolating for sure. Is. And you need to find outlets and ways to socialize and be around people or, or if nothing else, you just get weird. Yeah, right. no, I, I totally concur. We actually, you know, we joke a little bit because sometimes we'll meet, you know, some solo small <laughs> practitioners. And it's funny that you said it because you don't know whether, you know, what came first. Are they a solo small <laughs> practitioner because they are sort of socially awkward or because they've been a solo small that they sort of become, become socially, socially awkward? awkward. Right. Um, I, I can tell you since I've been working uh, mostly from home for the last two years that the awkwardness creeps in. Yeah. <laughs> I believe it. I'm, I believe I'm, it, Sam. My wife is like, dude, you're getting, you need to get out. You're getting a little weird. Because yeah. <laughs> I think you get, you get into your head, you know, like the 12 weeks that Jen was out, it was like, like all of a sudden I was like in my head all the time. And I don't know if that's where I need to be. Well, I, I need to, get to control everything. And yes. in, real, in real life, you do not get to control yeah. everything. And I think it's, it's important to, um, to have other people upset your control. Yeah. <laughs> and I, and I yeah. think that that, you know, and then that's also, I think, a, a benefit of having a partner is, you know, again, when you're making some of these decisions, um, in some sense, yeah, maybe it's easier when it is just you and you're the only one that has to sort of sign off on it. But then it's also nice to have somebody there to, you know, weigh the pros and cons, to go back and forth, to have the devil's advocate and um, and make sure that as you are trying to set this up and, and again, trying to set it up for success. You know, I think sometimes people, when they're starting their own firm, they can sometimes just slap something together. But I think if you really want to do it right, you have to be, you know, methodical and you have to think, think through things and grow um, at the right pace. Mm-hmm. Um, so having you know, somebody alongside of you to, to check in and say, okay, where are we at? Or, and, you know, and kind of being the, responsible to someone. Yes. yes without oh, a doubt. Absolutely. And, you know, the one thing that we have recognized is that there is something about our partnership that unfortunately we, you know, you can't teach anybody about it. Like, you know, you can't it create happened. it. It we did don't just even happen. Know how right. It that we yeah. are very fortunate <laughs> that we work as well as we do together. Um, but what has been nice is that, you know, as we've gone along, we really have been on that same page to know, okay, you know, we started as a virtual office. Well, we knew we got to a point where we were ready to, to have 
permanent space. And it seems that we both are sort of on that same page. And so it's nice to go, well, then yes, that is the next step. Because if we're both feeling that and we're both sort of, you know, address, you know, um, identifying that as our next step, you know, you know that there's, uh, that that's probably the next step and the right step to do. Yeah, the, you know, it's your your business partner is somebody you're going to spend more time with your business partner than you are um, with almost oh, everybody yes. in your life and potentially more than your wife or husband and kids. Yeah, yes. we compare it. It is like it's a marriage oh, yeah. for sure. We, we were just yeah. telling people yesterday at a lunch, it came up. People used to say to me, you know, like, how's your other half? And I'm like, oh, Jane, she's great. <laughs> and they'd be like, actually, we mean your husband. I'm like, oh, yeah, he's fine, too, I yeah. guess. Like, I mean, I haven't seen him this week, but I saw Jane all week. So. Yeah, and, I, you know, I've seen a lot of, I, I should say, about this stuff about loneliness and isolation. Those are all problems that you can find solutions to if you are truly solo. Um, yes. But your partner is somebody who has really invested in not letting yeah. you become weird. Yes, um, yes. But, you know, uh, you know, Aaron and I didn't really stop to think a whole lot about partnering up when we started Lawyerist because we never really expected it would actually become a business. <laughs> um, but we've also lucked out in that we work really well together. And I've watched a lot of other partnerships that haven't had that same. Yeah, correct. Uh, yes. Yeah. And I think you just have to dive in and do it, don't you? I mean, it's. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Maybe, do you think that you can really interview someone and find out if they're going to be a great partner until you just dive in and do right. it? Right. Um. You know, I think that some people, and I guess I would say, I think the people who, um, and because I've heard of it, but I don't know how successful it is. But the people who sort of set out to find a partner, there are some people that I've heard. You know, they go, "I want a partner, so I'm going to try to go out there." Versus you know, probably like you and Aaron, where it just happens. Yeah. You know, just organically where it's just sort of the set of circumstances that leads to this partnership. I think it's through that process that in some sense you are interviewing, you know, each other. But I I do think if you do set out to sort of find somebody that you do almost have to sit down at times and have some of these conversations. I mean, again, going back to marriage and, you know, you, you know, some of these, um, you know, in some religions, they have the, the, um, the, the pre-marriage counseling to talk about, you know, how do you handle your finances? How do you, how do you handle, you know, the tough decisions? How are you going to get through? And I think you sort of have to figure that out with a, with a partner as well. Um, you know, Jane and I, as I mentioned, you know, when we, I say that we were methodical setting things up, we did, we had several meetings where we both came to the table going, what is this going to look like? How are we going to set this up? How let's talk, let's move about the structure of it. So how, because it strikes me that, um, you know, that structure is part of it. Aaron, like Aaron and I have never had a ton of written controls and things because both of our attitudes is, you know, the minute you start treating me unfairly, I'm out. Um, right. And so, right. <laughs> so we, we, we don't have a lot of written partnership documents. Um, but I, but I imagine that, you know, while you're figuring out whether or not you're good partners, you might need some protection there and you might want to set the stage for the long run. So Tell me how yours is structured first, and then let's talk about kind of how you approached it and what kind of documents you put together and all that kind of nitty gritty. Well, we started when we uh, finally decided to pull the trigger and uh, we were going to start the firm. Uh, my dad was like, you ladies should put together a business plan. And I was like, dad, that sounds painful and terrible. <laughs> and like really boring and awful. But we were unemployed. We had nothing else better to do. So we were like, all right, let's do this business plan. <laughs> it felt plan. productive. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So we uh, uh, had a template for a business plan. And, you know, just as Jen was saying earlier, spent several 
several meetings, um, working through this business plan and really talking it out and putting it in writing about everything from, you know, okay, so we're going to start a law firm. What are we going to practice? (laughs) Um, how are we, how are we going to find clients? Um, how are we going to divide up responsibilities? You know, what is the business structure going to look like? Um, how, how will, you know, how will we charge people? Um, how will we have, you know, other resources available to us when we don't know things and we don't know a lot of things. So, uh, how are we going to market ourselves and, uh, spent a lot of time putting that business plan together. And, uh, you know, I think it ended up being like 20 or 25 pages. So here's my, so here's my favorite thing about business plans is looking back at them five years later. Yeah. Oh, it's amazing. (laughs) So does it, does it resemble your practice at all right now? Well, And actually what's really funny, Sam, is that we then every, uh, it started every six months. Yeah. We took that out separately. We each took time to review it made edits, made comments here and there. And then we would meet to go through it and check in to say, especially in the early days where it was like, what were we thinking? You know, we're going to scrap that. Or we were doing things that we hadn't thought of. And so we sort of added that in. And we have all of the old versions. So you could Mm -hmm. almost, you know, go through and see the the history for a bit. And then over time, it, you know, evolved a little bit more so that it was almost just once a year. And now we don't really do it. But (laughs) I will say, I remember those first few years, we both looked back fondly on that time because it was really a worthwhile exercise to always go through it. And then it was a time for us to reconnect. And then again, just make sure that we were on the same page with Mm -hmm. everything. Mm -hmm. Um, And it really helped us, you know, what was our short-term goals, our, you know, medium goals or middle goals, and then, you know, the long-term goals. Um, And, you know, were we meeting those? Or again, ones that we might've had on the long-term at some point we realized, you know what? that's really not important to us anymore. And when we don't need to do that, um, or all of a sudden there was a new long-term goal that we wanted to add to the, to the list. So do you still do that annually or quarterly or? I would say it's not as no. uh, yeah. formal, yeah. Uh, but we probably haven't looked at our business plan in like a right. year or two. <laughs> right. cool. But I think again, it was really, really helpful uh, yes. and um, important for those and first action items yes. too, because we also both one of the things, you know, again, as you know, it's not just practicing law and getting clients. It's actually like running a business as well. And both Jen and I take all of those items mm-hmm. very seriously and um, each contribute in different ways to do different things. And so I think going over that business plan, you know, every six months for at least the first three, three and a half mm-hmm. years, we, we did it. Um, it helped both of us have like, okay, what are, what are each of our action items for yeah. the next, you know, six months that each of us is going to accomplish to, to help grow the business yeah. or cultivate things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We did also, we yeah. did, we did have a formal partnership agreement as well. Yeah. Um, Which I don't think we've actually looked at no. since we signed it, but, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and it was one apparently of those, it exists in one of those, that, like, a template. You, you know, sometimes. if something happened to one of us, the other one would pay the other person's family. If we know, had like any money, 2000 bucks, yeah. <laughs> that might have to get, you know, yeah. like little things like that. Um, actually, you know what? That's an interesting, do do you have life insurance on each other? Not yet, not yet, but we, okay. it's yeah. on the And we do horizon. have, um, but so then we do have um, disability insurance for both of us. And we also, and then like um, overhead replacement, you know, so that if something happened to one of us yeah, that, you know, there'd be some replacement income 
you know, for the other. Yeah. To make sure that. And, the- and so what, what does your partnership look like? Do you split the overhead and then a portion revenue from clients or well, do you split it all 50, 50 or everything what? is 50, 50. Yeah. Everything. So we don't keep track. So this is where we might be unusual. And as Jen mentioned earlier, um, what works for us may not work for every Mm -hmm. partnership. Jen and I are very lucky. Um, So we just split everything 50-50. We don't keep track of who's doing what or who's bringing what in. Mm -hmm. We just know that it all kind of works out and it all goes into the same pot. and, And then we each get equal shares from that pot. So, uh, we don't, yeah, keep track of like who yeah. brought in what in a month or we, like um, when we were first starting out, we met with a couple of different partnerships as well and, and talked to them and one that we came across and, you know, and again, they have a very successful partnership and have been in the business now for a while. But the two of us walked away and we're like, wow, that is fascinating because they're, they're basically partners in name. Um, they split the overhead, but then everything else is, you know, what they bill comes, yeah, comes to themselves. So, and I've seen that a lot more, but it's always struck me that that's less of a joint venture and more of two separate practices because you're not actually getting the the padding of if my practice sucks, maybe my partner's is doing okay yes. and it'll all work well, out. Well, and even with this particular partnership, what we what we what were baffled by was, <laughs> you know, if one of them is really really busy and one of them is really really quiet, the other one doesn't help oh. out the other one, and they're okay with oh, it. Sure. I, and I shouldn't. I don't want to make this sound like this was this is a negative. No, they're actually very happy. Yeah, you know, yeah. and I and they've said that why they work so well together is because they haven't commingled, you know, finances mm-hmm. and that things are separate. Versus, you know, for Jane and I, it's you know that's where we were baffled because if I was sitting here, you know, twiddling my thumbs and Jane's, you know, drowning under files. Of course, I would want to help her out, and, and course, I would want her to. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I wouldn't be. I like, mean, that's the other hey. thing too. Like both Jen and I yeah. are also, uh, we uh, you know that whole work life balance thing. Yeah. We don't. Neither one of us wants the other in here yes. in our office at all hours trying yeah. to get stuff done for the, you know like. And there, there are a lot of different ways to handle this. Um, you know, Aaron and I have uh, in 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 this company, which is not a not a law firm, obviously, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. but we have. Um, we essentially set base paychecks. So, um, you know, I'm working full-time and for a while Aaron wasn't working every day on the business. And so we used that to sort of balance out. We're 50-52, but we also used guaranteed payments as a way to balance that out based on the actual work that we were doing. Um, I think Paul Floyd does something similar. Um, He was on our episode number two of our podcast and he's another Minnesota lawyer who thinks a lot about partnership structures um, and I think what he said is they kind of get to the end of the year and go, you know, well, you were on, vac- you know, you took a sabbatical for six months or, you know, your business was down. So let's try and let's try and balance this a yes, little bit. Yeah. And I'll take 60 percent and you'll take 40 this or something like that. Sure. Yeah. So I think there's a lot of different ways to try and balance it. But it it does take an extra degree of trust and um maybe goodwill in your partner to do it the way you're doing it. Oh, absolutely. And uh, I mean, but for Jen and I, I mean, honestly, in the last five and a half years, I've never questioned Mm -hmm. how we have everything, 
how we have this set up and it works well for us, but I do think that it's not for everybody that we're again, very fortunate that we both just know that the other is doing what she is supposed to be doing and money will be coming in. Yeah. And, and also our other thought process behind setting it up this way was we never wanted the other to suffer at the other's success. Mm -hmm. So if, you know, yeah, I, Again, if we looked at everything, I'm sure there are some months where, you know, Jen kills it. But that one really, if I was sitting around being like, I can't afford groceries this month, but I'm so glad you're doing so well. Like that wouldn't be very good or vice versa. And so we, 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 we have it, you know, attached ourselves to each other and for the good, the bad. We laugh, Sam, because we met with our accountant, um, I think possibly before the end of last year or some point, but before, you know, my baby came and uh, she was laughing so hard. She was like, you both are so concerned concerned about the other one (laughs) because I felt somewhat like you were, you were saying that Paul Floyd does where I was like, Jane is going to be carrying this firm for a little while. Mm -hmm. And I think that she should be compensated for that. And I was like, absolutely not. (laughs) (laughs) What if I have a baby someday? I would, you know, like this will all work out in the, in the grand scheme. Okay. So I was just about to ask for that about maternity leave. Did you, so it sounds like you just continued splitting at 50, 50 during maternity leave. We did. But again, in my mind, Sam, you know, I feel like we'll have a conversation with our accountant because, again, I want to look at, you know, and make sure that Jane has been compensated mm-hmm. pro- appropriately for that time because she really did. I mean, it was a, you know, it's a blessing and a curse, but it, you know, of course, Murphy's Law, when um, my baby decided to show up about two weeks early, things were really busy at support. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I mean, the few weeks yeah. maybe before when things were really, really quiet. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, it really did, you know, um, get, you know, that Jane, unfortunately, uh, but fortunately, um, really had to to carry a lot all of a sudden. Um, and so, no, I, you know, I still want to make sure that, you know, and, and it's true, you know, that yes, at times, you know, we don't know what the future is going to look like down the road. And, um, and, and I know that if roles were reversed, yes, I, you know, yeah. I would be in that same, I would feel the same way about Jane, right, you know, but at mm-hmm. the same time, when you are sitting in that one seat, you do just want to make sure that... Like, if Jane decides to have four babies and you stop at two, you might have to rebalance, though, right? Well, no. <laughs> you know, but at the oh same gosh. time, you do feel like, you know, then you, you do understand. But again, yeah. when you're, you know, you're sitting in your one seat going, but no, you did all this work. I want you to, mm-hmm. you know, make sure that you're... So I'm I'm reflecting on the maternity leave thing, and maybe it's a little bit farther afield of what we started out talking about, but I don't mind. Um, <laughs> you know, one of the reasons I fundamentally changed my practice and then wound it down was because when my first daughter was born, I was working on day two. Um, There was nobody, uh, there was nobody to take over the firm for me and handle it without me there. Um, I was still needed. And, you know, if, if I had had a partner, I might've continued practicing law for longer because I would have been able to do it because by the time my second daughter was born, I stayed home with my wife. Yeah. Um, And uh, it, and it's, that seems to me a real benefit of, both having a partner and then having a real, um, I mean, I like your attitude about it, that you want the other person to be able to have maternity leave because yeah. mm-hmm. why oh, would absolutely. you not? <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, uh, that, I, I think, I mean, there's probably a few things we would do differently now, yeah. now that we've gone through it uh, once, but I, I, you know, for both Jen and I, there's a lot, you know, as 
any solo or small knows there's a lot of really great things about doing this. And there's also some drawbacks, Mm -hmm. but one of the greatest things we think is the flexibility that we have with our, with our schedules and, Mm -hmm. you know, vacation time and that kind of thing. And so, uh, when Jen got pregnant, it was like, well, then we can make this maternity leave look like whatever, whatever is going to work best mm-hmm. for, for Jen and, and for me too, to be honest. I mean, uh, one thing that I was extremely conscious of is I didn't want Jen to come back too early mm-hmm. and be torn between having to be forced to work and mm-hmm. having a little baby at home that when, when she came back, that she would be ready, uh, you know, as ready as she could be to like mm-hmm. want to be here. So how and long was it? it, it about 12 weeks yeah. total. Fantastic. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Jen definitely did. Uh, don't get me wrong. Jen certainly did some, some work um, here yeah. and there. Actually, it was easier. What we realized yeah. now, it was easier for her to do work actually earlier on before, yeah. Baby, when baby, when the when the baby, well, so Sam, I had booked myself out to my due date because I yes. was really certain that he was going to come late. We thought he was going to come, <laughs> yeah, like in April. And then, yeah, and then, yeah, so essentially, he came two weeks earlier than his due date, but then essentially in my head, three weeks early because I thought I'd be a week late. Yeah, um, but when you know, and so and then of course we literally parted ways one night and I thought I was going to see Jane the next day and not. And so then, you know, I'm at the hospital doing some emails and then sending, you know, and I'm writing Jane and going, I hope you don't get this in the middle of the night because I don't want this to stress you out, but I (laughs) happen to be at the hospital. I'm going to have a baby. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But um, the first week after I got home, I did, I actually remember I didn't set an out of office. Yeah. um, And I did. Because no one knew. Yeah. And so I did just tie up some loose ends here and there because I just felt like it was almost easier for me to do but then it was okay that week went really fast and I and originally I thought maybe I would only take six weeks and that means I only have five weeks left that I get to spend this time with this little um precious thing and you know and then that's when I realized like okay no I I do need to pull myself back a little bit and almost then it also um, made it easier, I think, to to know that Jane just had everything. And so it wasn't like, well, did you respond to this? Did no, you not respond yeah. to this? Or I'll do it. You know, it really then became, okay, I'm out of the picture for a little while. Well, this is, this yeah. feels like a good chance for me to ask about, um, do you use practice management software so that um, Jane knows what's going on with your files once you're out of the office? Well, th- at that point, I had started because we did hear of a woman that went like four weeks earlier. So then I did realize, okay, I need to make sure I have, you know, a, a chart together. So she knew a status of where things were at. Mm-hmm. We basically um, tried. The yeah. Baby came like, well, mid to early March. Yeah. Um, but as of like March 1st, the way that we kind of structured things was every day when Jen got up from her desk mm-hmm. to go home, that it was as if, what if she didn't come back yeah. the gotcha. next day? Yeah. And so, um, and we're, both of us are kind of aware of each other's right. matters and clients anyway, but um, we didn't have like a, f- I mean, we do use a, a practice management system, but. What, what do you use? Just out of curiosity. We yep. use Clio. Okay. Yeah. But in there, it doesn't, you know, we probably do not use it to the extent yeah, that you we could. Should. So we don't have, you know, tasks, yeah. you know, listed of, you know, this is the next step on this particular file or, okay. um, and so that was, you know, what the, Jen yeah, the email, you know, I, you know, had sent Jane that night was <laughs> okay, here, <laughs> here where we're at. And, and then, and then what's nice, I will say, 
I think doing what we do and then also the practice areas that we practice in continue, you know, provide an additional benefit of a lot of that flexibility. Um, we don't have a lot of court deadlines. Yeah. Um, we're not having to deal with trials. And so there were some things I was like, okay, here's the stuff that's the immediate as in this needs to sort of happen tomorrow. This is where this is at. We can regroup next week about some of the estate planning files, or, you know, there had been a couple of new clients that had reached out, you know, that all, that can all sort of get pushed out a, a little bit. Um, so, you know, that was, that was helpful. Um, but yeah, as Jane says, we're, we're both pretty in tune mm -hmm, to about what's, what's going, going on. on. Yeah. yeah and we do the same thing, you know, I mean, which we don't, it just happens to be this way. And I think we're a little conscious of it where, but we have taken vacations at the same time and you know what, the firm still survives. Um, but it's the same thing that if either of us are going out on vacation, yeah. you know, we'd like to, you know, know, okay, this is where this is at. You may hear from this, or I do need you to do this while yeah. I'm away. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we'll, we'll just sort of touch base on that. Cool. So we need to kind of wrap up. And I think the, the, the way to do that is with this question, which is if you had to go back and change one thing from the last five and a half years, um, what would it be? Change. That's actually a really good, <laughs> usually it's always like, you know, what have you taken away? Um, I might not have stressed as much at the beginning, knowing that we were going to make it into five and a half years and, you know, and again, beyond, um, but it, you know, at the beginning, it, it is stressful. And so, and we always kept saying, let's get to three years, five years. And knowing that, like you said, that's sort of that barometer of, you know, I think we're here now for the, for the long haul. Um, but yes, if you could have that crystal ball, it would have been nice to not have as much stress right. at the beginning, but I, I honestly, yeah, I know that sounds super like cheesy and yeah, like everything yeah. has been so blissful right, no. the last five and a half years, but you know, I, I really don't have anything I that I, that I can point to, um, specifically and say, oh, we should have never done that. Or we should have done this differently. I, yeah, I agree. I feel very, I, I think we're both just, you know, we've been very fortunate. I think maybe because we've been very methodical and mm -hmm. slow on moving on things sometimes. So I don't, Yeah. Well, that's awesome. I know. I'm sorry. I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, but I really don't have anything that I can point to. Well, uh, I think that's a good place to end. So thank you so much for being with us today. And uh, I loved chatting about how you, your partnership came to be. And um, thanks for the tips. Yeah. Thank Great. you. This podcast is sponsored by Ruby Receptionists. Now, Ruby is a sponsor, but I was also a paying customer. Ruby answered the phones for my law firm, so I know what I'm talking about when I say you really should give Ruby a try. And you should. Callers regularly told me how nice my receptionist was. Ruby made it easy for me to make my clients feel well cared for when they called. But what really made Ruby stand out for me was the way they treated me. If you've heard me talk about Ruby before, you've probably heard this story already, but when my first daughter was born, I pulled up the Ruby app on my phone on the way to the hospital and updated my status so Ruby would know to hold my calls for 48 hours because I was going to be in the hospital for the birth of my first child. And then a few days later, when I checked in at my office, there was a little care package with a really nice onesie and a rattle and a bib and a couple of other things. And I was just so touched by that, obviously, because I'm still telling the story, and now my daughter is six. 
But the point is that Ruby knows how to take care of people, both you and your callers, and I'm confident you will be just as happy with Ruby as I still am, because Ruby is still answering the phones now at Lawyerist. So you should give Ruby a try, and to do that, you just need to go to callruby.com slash lawyerist and sign up, and Ruby will waive the $95 setup fee. And if you aren't happy for any reason, you can get your money back during your first three weeks with Ruby. I'm pretty sure you will stick around, though. But since there's no risk, you might as well try. To make sure you catch next week's episode of The Lawyerist Podcast, subscribe to The Lawyerist Podcast in iTunes or in your favorite podcast app. You can listen to it at lawyerist.com slash podcast. You can also subscribe to The Lawyerist Insider, our weekly newsletter. Just go to lawyerist.com and look down the sidebar or click on newsletter up at the top. We'll remind you where to find the podcast whenever we release a new episode. Thanks for listening.